This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Latner. From the locker room to the boardroom, Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drives results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll not only be a better person, but also a better athlete, coach, leader, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amber Latner. And boy, am I excited for today. So our featured guest on Building Block 3 for Confidence is Miss Brittany Bach. And Brittany was one of my former soccer teammates at the University of Notre Dame. And I cannot wait to dive into a dialogue with this powerful woman on the topic of confidence. Before we get there, though, I want to give our listeners just a little background of the the podcast in general. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, the purpose of Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast, is, is really to help you understand what are the mindsets that lead to sustainable performance excellence for me as a business person, as a coach, as an athlete, as a leader, as a parent. And so the beautiful thing about the brain, right, is that although there's some nuance differences between each of us. You know, the human brain is the human brain. And some there are some tenets about brain functioning that we can learn. And, and like I tell everybody, this is not rocket science, right? This is brain science. And the cool thing about brain science is that once we start to learn about it, it becomes relatively obvious, right? Or logical of why certain things happen the way that they do. And when we understand those elements better, then we're able to manage our own mindset to position us to be successful on a more consistent basis. And that's really our heart in this podcast is is to teach you more about the brain and then bring on some incredible featured guests in the in the corporate environment and in the business environment or the corporate environment and in the athletic environment to help you see, you know, how can I understand and apply this to my own world, to step my own mental game up and and to be able to thrive from the inside out d- despite what circumstance I'm in. So we're in season 1 of the podcast and it is entitled Building Your Mental Performance Foundation. And so each episode, we're looking at a different building block that is part of the mental performance foundation that we know can help build upon our our foundation to lead to this championship mindset, right? And so we've had Bruce Bowen on air with us. We've talked to Serge Pay from the hockey world. And this week, I am so excited to speak with one of my former soccer teammates from the University of Notre Dame, Miss Brittany Bach. Brittany is one of those women that is strong, that is powerful, uh, but has this unique sense of femininity about her that just, you know, makes you feel so comfortable in her presence. And she's so full of positive energy. And I can't wait to really dive into building block number three with her, which is confidence. And so before we get to our interview with Brittany, I'm going to give you some background from a sports psychology perspective on confidence. You know, I think too often we, you know, combine and associate confidence with how we're performing, right? You know, if we're performing well, we're confident. And if we're not, we're not. And and the, the frustrating part about that mindset around confidence is that 
it can be an emotional roller coaster. And on the flip side of that, you know, maybe you feel confident in one domain, right? But then you get to another domain and you don't feel confident, right? Um, and and so you're not. And you totally change as an individual going from someone who appears very competent and driven and influential in one domain and then jump over to another and it's like you're not even there. I see this a lot with my collegiate athletes. You know, they're they're phenomenal in their sport and they have this sense of expertise about them that that far exceeds those around them, but then they step into the classroom and it's like they forget who they are and they disappear into the fabric of the chair that they're sitting into. You know, and that just really breaks my heart because I know there's so much potential within them and yet their sense of confidence deteriorates and so therefore their performance does as well. And and that's really what I want to get out. Confidence is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And I tell my my athletes particularly, like, listen, I want you to show up and be a stud in every situation and environment that you're in. And I'm not talking about being cocky and arrogant and walking around like you know everything and own the place. But I am talking about a grounded sense of confidence that comes from the inside, that you know exactly who you are, what your mission is, and what you bring to the table in different domains. And so what we're going to look at right now is, well, if confidence is not just dependent upon performance, what is it driven by? And how can I create a more stable sense of confidence, despite maybe the highs and lows of my performance? So there's really five keys to confidence that I want to give us and then that Brittany and I are going to dive into in just a little bit in our interview on her understanding and application of these five keys. So the first key to confidence is past performances. You're like, wait, Amber, I thought you just said we don't want our confidence to be driven by performance. We don't. But it is a very powerful contributor to how we understand and can manage and maintain our confidence. But normal, quote unquote, people look at past performances differently than champions. And so I want to share a little bit of insight on what champions or consistently successful people, how they look at past performances to help contribute to their confidence. And so whereas um, normal, right, or average people might consider, well, the, the great performances I let fuel my confidence and the bad performances drain my confidence. That's not the right way to think about past performances. We want to look at the good performances, the bad performances, and the every performance in similar ways. And so the great performances, let them remind you of this incredible skill you have, your area of expertise and relish those, right? Because relishing and savoring those moments of success of performance has actually been shown to increase our positive emotion in our system, which helps us engage better in our work and increases our relationships. And that can indeed drive our confidence. Now, the flip side is perhaps failure or, or poor performances. And how we think about failure is really important. And what champions think about failure as an opportunity to learn and an opportunity to grow. This does not mean that I am not good or I am not successful. This means that something must have went wrong in my process. And so I need to go back to that process analyze what I did differently or how I approached this performance in a different way, make that adjustment, and then come out the next week and be the pro that I know I am, 
right? And and I mentioned this, but one of my colleagues at IMG gave me an awesome acronym for FAIL, right? He said F-A-I-L simply stands for first attempt in learning. And so how we choose to look at a FAIL in that capacity says, okay, what did I learn? Now I'm going to I'm going to grow quick and get better on the next one. Right. Whereas some look at failure as fatal and and then they end right Their Their engagement in the activity ends. And then every performance, right, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, is an opportunity for us to just reflect. What did I do really well today? Because even in bad performances, there there's elements of um, our greatness in there. And we need to learn to identify that. Um, and even in our great performances, right, there's little areas that we can do a little bit better. And so what did I do well in this? Um, what do I need to do better next time? And then what did I learn about myself? So regardless of where you're at, you know, in terms of the outcome of that performance, how we reflect upon and learn from our performances should be consistent. The next key to confidence is going to be our preparation. I mean, you, you've all had that moment where you haven't prepared for a big pitch or a, or a speech or an exam, right? And you walk in and your heart rates go up a little bit. You're feeling anxious because you're not prepared, right? But when you do take time to prepare and, and you're fully prepared, then you can go in there with perhaps some of those pre-game or, or pre-speech nerves, if you will. But those are relatively normal, right? And those are just indicators that you're ready. Um, and and yet be confident that this is going to be great because I, I have something here that I can contribute and deliver. And so full preparation um, from a holistic manner is really important. And I just challenge you to break down in whatever field you're in or whatever area of expertise um, that you're pursuing, whether that's school or athletics or, or business, what are the different domains of preparation that exist in my space? And am I fully prepared in each of those domains? And that just gives us a construct to look at preparation more specifically than just in general. So we've got past performances, we've got preparation, and then we move into self-talk. So in building block one, we talked about awareness, right? And being mentally aware of the thoughts that we have. Because again, from a sports psych perspective, we know that our thoughts affect our emotions, which affect our physiological or our body's response to that. And ultimately, that's what drives our performance. And so our self-talk, right, are just the thoughts that we have in our head. And, and we need to be really cognizant of what we're saying to ourselves. And I think sometimes, you know, we get in the habit of listening to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves, right, of listening to that voice back there that says, are you sure you can do it? I don't know. Did you see the look on his face? He might be questioning your credibility, in which case should you really, right? And that is massively exhausting. And those types of thoughts emotionally have an impact on us, which then our bodies start to hormones start to shift. Um, our heart rate goes up, muscle tension, visual field is all affected. And that's going to affect our performance. We're on the flip side of that. If we start talking to ourselves and saying, I am fully prepared, I know exactly what I need to do to execute, to be successful in this moment. And at the end of the day, I can only do everything I can do. And today I'm going to give my best. Now this starts to set us up for, it doesn't matter what that voice is maybe trying to chirp in the back of your head. What are you going to say back to it? And, and that self-talk and learning to build very positive, powerful, and productive self-talk to ourselves can have a huge impact, not only on our confidence, but on our performance overall. 
And and this really links, you know, that's nice to say our self-talk and, and what that, what do we say to ourselves, et cetera. We need to have positive self-talk. Um, but again, I want to reiterate the importance of this because it's that self-talk that is changing the form and function of your brain. And so what we think about and what we say to ourselves over and over and over again is creating actual protein patterns in your brain. And so if we can train our brain to have positive powerful, productive self-talk that is going to create the right brain matter that can help stimulate our excellence, our productivity, and, and therefore our output in each of these different domains. You know, I've got a quick story about this. When I was little, you know, those um, T-shirts that have you know, the sayings on them for, for, for athletes. I was at a soccer tournament when I was about nine years old. And um, I was at the little tent looking at all these T-shirts. And all of a sudden, I stumbled upon this bright orange T-shirt with blue letters. And on the front, it said, I am strong, powerful, equal, a threat. Now, you have to understand, I had an older brother, right? So I am strong, powerful, equal, a threat. Was like, yes, I can play with the boys. I am going to get you in one-on-one basketball on the driveway, Kyle Douglas, and all these different things, right? So I was like, mom, mom, I have to have this. I have to have this shirt. And I literally wore the shirt almost every day, like to the point where my mom was like, Amber, you have to put the shirt in the wash, okay? But every time I'd put it on, I'd think to myself, I'm strong, powerful, equal, a threat. Yeah, let's go get the day, right? Um, But it was funny because then all of a sudden, I'm nine, remember, I'm out on the soccer field and I have more adrenaline in my system than most people put together. And so at nine, I really had no understanding of how to manage that adrenaline any sort of productive way. So I was just out there full force, 100% of the time, going after every ball. And and I go into this tackle hard and I take this girl out and I think to myself, yeah, that's right. Because I am strong, powerful, equal, threat. Let's go. <laughs> But it's sport, right? So we know that for every tackle you make, there's typically one that gets you as just as hard back. And so shortly thereafter, this girl rocks my little life and I go down and I hit the ground and I have this hesitation thought of, okay, that hurt. But then I thought, no. I am strong, powerful, equal, a threat. Let's go. So I jump up and I get back engaged in the game. And and I'll tell you what, it was so funny because that started to drive almost how I thought about myself as an athlete in school and in any sort of situation. Well, I phased out of wearing the bright orange shirt every single day of my life and, you know, went through high school, went through college. I, I found myself in the corporate environment and I'm working in a, in a global manufacturing company and I'm a young HR analyst and I'm in this meeting um, with a bunch of executives and we're in manufacturing. So as you can imagine, it's dominated by older men, which I love and that's all wonderful, but that's the reality of the situation that I was in. And I made a contribution in a meeting one time and, and one of the executives in the room sort of scoffed at my comment and demeaned my contribution in that point and then literally five minutes later made the exact same point and totally thought it was a great idea and I thought to myself okay well first of all that's not cool secondly you know maybe I need to to not contribute as openly as maybe I thought I should and then my third thought was you know what I am strong powerful, equal, a threat. And I am not going to let this guy 
shift my perspective on who I am, what I have to offer in, in this perspective, and really my area of expertise, which was staying close to our manufacturing um, employees and being able to bring their insights and understanding to the executives and really understand where we're at in, in the processing phase and how we can optimize performance. And so I had a, a totally different way to contribute to the conversation than he did. And so there was no need for me to feel any sort of any sort of way, except to know I'm strong, powerful, equal threat. And I only say that to show you the power that that these type of power statements, right? That sort of became a power statement to me of how I thought about myself in, in my role in this world. And years later, from when I first started, you know, say I am strong, powerful, equal threat when I put my little t-shirt on, actually started to drive a sense of confidence about me, even when there was some failure adversity that I, that I faced along the way. So I just want to encourage you to really start to think about what are the things that you say to yourself? Do you have power statements that really tap into the strengths that you have as an individual and to the roles that you're playing and do those help you facilitate performance the next key to confidence is body language and and this is so important um for all of us, for, for our kids, um, for our executives, for our women out there in the workplace um, or, or in the sports space what we know from a body language standpoint is that when we are what's called a power pose, right? That's head up, shoulders back, open, open to our surroundings. Our testosterone levels go up and our cortisol levels go down. And again, testosterone, even as women, we have testosterone in our system and testosterone is our power hormone and cortisol is our stress hormone. So when we're in that open um, power pose position, right? Power goes up, stress goes down. The moment we start to close, if we if we start to close down, that sends a signal to our brain, "Oh no, something's wrong. We shouldn't be confident here." And so cortisol goes up, testosterone goes down. That's stress up, power down. And those moments where there's a lot going on that that might derail your confidence, one of the most important things you can do is manage your body language because at minimum, you need that internal hormonal balance to be in your favor. You know, a lot of my athletes I work with, I I say, you know, I, I get that in those moments when you're frustrated or your coach is yelling at you, that, that the one thing you can control is your body language. And so you want to shut down to just show your frustration or, or whatever it is that you're trying to demonstrate. But you got to recognize that, that when they say, hey, pick your head up, this isn't about making them happy or pleasing them. This is about you positioning yourself to be successful and know that in this moment, I need my power up and my stress down. And this is one thing that I can control. So I'm going to control it in my favor. And so whether that's in a, in a business meeting where we, we make ourselves big, right, and just get present. Now, listen, I'm like a solid almost five, three with heels. Okay. And so I don't have a huge physical presence, but way back in soccer, if you learned anything, it was get big, right. And, and get a big base so that you can protect the ball so that you can be balanced and be stable and position yourself to either make a move or get out of trouble from a defensive perspective. We have to do the same thing in, in everything we do in life, whether it's business or school or in your relationships, you know, maintain your space and it doesn't have to be domineering. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, 
fearful or, or create this sense of unease in those around you, but just an internal sense of balance and positioning that, that you're open, right? That, you're, that your arms aren't crossed, that your feet are planted on the ground in front of you, that, you're, that your chin is up, that your eyes are up, and that your shoulders are back. And this can help us, again, from the inside out, start to get ourselves balanced and stable to position ourselves to be successful. Final key to confidence in our five keys is our support system and really knowing who's in your corner, right? So I boxed a little bit when I was at Notre Dame. It's one of the um, few places left in the country outside of the academies that has man and, men and women's boxing. And so, you know, when you think about boxing, I just, I just love it as an analogy to life in general. Because when I'm when when I'm boxing, right, I'm the only one in the ring with my opponent, and it's her and I out there sparring and and really having to make decisions and be adaptive and and play to my strengths and mitigate her strengths and all of these different dynamics. But as soon as that buzzer rings, where do I go? I go to the corner, right? And knowing who is in our corner in terms of confidence is incredibly important because those people are crucial to not only how we manage our confidence, but how we can perform consistently. And so people who's in the corner, right? You've got your friends, you've got, um, you've got your coach, you've got your trainer, you've got your significant other, right? And each of those people play a different role. So knowing who's in our corner is first and foremost important. And then what role do they play? Right. So, so I ask my athletes a lot there are my clients that I work with, you know, do you go to the right people for the right types of information? Like a boxer wouldn't go to his girlfriend when he's got his eye cut open, right? He would go to the trainer, but if he needs a little extra love and he's going to go get a kiss from her, get bandaged up by the doc, get a pointer from his, his coach to tell him, Hey, watch, watch his left hook, you know, get your jab in stronger. And then he's going to go out and be excellent. And on the flip side of that, when he comes out there, they're going to tell him, Hey, you know, what, what, what are you doing? Well, what do you need to look out for? They're going to get a little slap on the butt and he's got to go back in there. And, and he's the one that has to fight the fight. So having the right people in our corner is really important. The other thing I, I often ask my, my clients is, do you think these fighters have anybody in their corner that is going to demoralize them or tell them they can't do something or try to hold them back from the greatness that is within them to go get? And invariably, their answer is no, absolutely not. That'd be silly. Why would you have like your adversary or someone that doesn't believe in you in that moment when you're trying to fight the fight? And so, you know, I say the same thing. Well, are there people in your corner that you're allowing to be in your corner that aren't necessarily there for your success? And if so, then you need to get them out of there. And that's not always a comfortable or an easy conversation to have. But if we want to build a championship lifestyle and build championship mindsets, we need to make sure that we have the right people in our corner to help us achieve what we're trying to do in this life. So a brief refresher, right? The five keys of confidence, past performances, preparation, self-talk, our body language, and then our support system, right? Or knowing who's in our corner and having the right people there. So we're going to, to get Brittany on the line here and dive into a conversation with her and, and her understanding and application of each of these five keys. And then we're going to circle back and go through the championship mindset training for building block number three, confidence. Confidence. 
All right, and now I'm so excited to welcome to the show one of my former soccer teammates at the University of Notre Dame, a former professional athlete who's been a seven-year pro, um, won, a, won a WPS championship with the Western New York Flash, um, and also actually won 2014 Humanitarian of the Year Award when she was playing for the Houston Dash. So Miss Brittany Bach, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's so good for you to be here. Um, and, and I'm so excited to dive into building block number three that we're talking about here on building championship mindsets, the podcast of confidence. And so Brittany, one of the things that I admire most about you when we were playing, but even today as friends and, and watching you sort of dive into this world um, is just your confidence and courage to always be the, the first one in a drill or the courage to take on the senior as a sophomore or um, in, in our conversations, just, just hanging out with our friends that were football players and basketball players to always be engaged and, and show up with your full self. In general, where does that type of confidence come from for you? You know what? I mean, I sometimes when we're in the moment, we're not really thinking about it. But when I look back, um, for one, I've just been a really competitive person. <laughs> um, I always wanted to be the best and I always wanted to um, just strive to do what I could um, and give 100 percent of myself. I grew up in a very supportive and loving family. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I think that drove that competitiveness was just putting me into um, both me, my brother, my sister, my parents put us into any sport we wanted, but I just craved, I just craved um, playing and that, that, that kind of environment. Um, I loved playing against the boys, the girls. (laughs) And so um, I loved that, that strength aspect. Um, It gave me that actually gave me confidence being strong. But the more that I did it, the more I became confident and the more that I loved it. Um, but also thinking about just talking to people and, and engaging in other people's lives is my dad, when I was as young as I can remember, would always tell us, do something nice for somebody today. And wow. that mindset of, you know, you compete, you give your best, but you do things for other people. You respect other people, and everybody's coming from a different background. And we're all, um, regardless if we came from the bottom, the top, the middle, in between. Um, I just was so fascinated by other people's stories yeah. and to where they got to where they were. So I don't know. I just I was competitive <laughs> beyond belief and always have been, um, but then love to engage to see where others come from. That's incredible, Britt. And I think that a lot of times, I love the word that you use, compete, right? And I think a lot of times when people hear that word, they think win, lose, right? But Mm -hmm. to compete actually comes from the Greek word of competir, which means to strive together, which means you bring your best, I'm going to bring my best, and we're both going to go full blow, hard as we can, and get better through the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that watching you as a teammate at Notre Dame, you know, where where you wound up in in the championship, national championship finals twice, lost in the semis once, right? And never technically converted, but every day was a competition. And you brought your best and brought out the best in everybody else. And, and I just think that's incredible. So, um, you, you know, oh, and to, to go from here, 
um, we've we've overviewed sort of five different ways that can drive and build confidence. And so I want to go back and review each of those with you and really get your own experiences and insights on those five sort of keys that drive confidence. The first of which is being past performances. So with your experience as, as a former collegiate athlete and a former professional athlete, talk to me about how past performances really affected and, and helped build and grow your confidence? Well, actually, you know, you look back through your your whole career and sometimes we tend to focus on uh, the loss or the times that we think we failed. Um, But when I start to look back and I've done this throughout my whole career as I look at celebrating my successes and okay, maybe I didn't do this. Maybe I didn't win this, but wow, look what I did here, here and here. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. just the win loss. It was, I mean, when I went to practice, I, I brought everything, like I made everything, (laughs) I made everything a competition and I remember leaving practices and it was like, like I just competed in the national championship game. Like I brought everything to that. So thinking about celebrating, like we'd have our, you remember our competitive Tuesdays when we were doing that. Like I took that as, as a, as a complete all right, this is battle type thing. And I think a lot of us did, which brought a very good environment. (laughs) Yep. Um, (laughs) But um, one thing that I started to do into the pros was we had some game highlights. Actually, we had some highlights from Notre Dame. Um, One of the years I had a pretty good year of scoring. And so there was a lot of film of me in those those, um, situations of scoring goals and being strong and basically a lot of the things that, that I played to on my strengths, which was my strength. But, um, and I'd watch these, these times that I scored a goal or made a good play and that built up my confidence. So watching these past performances, I mean, we can focus on the bad, but which a lot of times we'll do 20 things great and one thing bad. And people, we tend to, Oh my gosh, but it's like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. No, no, no. You learn from that, but then you grow, then you, then you move on from that. And so I just remember one thing that could have really looking at a past performance could have really set the tone, um, my attitude from this. So we were in the U 20 world cup and I was the fifth shooter. We were in the semifinal game. Okay. I was the fifth shooter. I went up with confidence. I mean, I had been practicing. I hadn't missed, and I went up and I hit the post oh. and we, I would have, we would have won had I made that. And then we went to the sixth shooter and they made and we missed. Okay. And so I look at that and it, it like shot me down where taking a PK was, was rough for me. Um, okay. And, but I look back and it's like, I could have let that really take me out. Well, I missed, we lost, we didn't get to go to the championship. You know, this is. U.S. soccer and they've been doing really well and it's all on me and I it was a very almost like this selfish oh and I and I and I could put myself down but I worked at it and I picked myself up and I practiced and I you know it was a battle to get over but I look back now and that was when I was a sophomore in college had I let that define me that past performance that very negative hard time for me then I wouldn't have gone on to do what I did with my teammates in college or been a professional or made it to the full national team like I just looking at the past performance you build on your mistakes and mistakes and setbacks are the best thing that could happen to you because it makes you grow even stronger than you were before 
Absolutely. I, I love that because uh, not only do we want to use our past performances of greatness, right, to remind us of mm-hmm. our strength and our excellence, but then those performances that don't go so well can also be used to get better and to move forward. And so one of my friends who played professional football, um, he made the comment one time that really stuck with me. He said, you know, I always know someone that's played pro sport, man or woman, or, or is a pro in their space based on how they deal with failure. Because normal people, quote unquote, see failure as fatal almost. And, mm-hmm. and they really let that be a punctuation in their career. But, but pros and champions say, okay, I failed. That doesn't mean I'm a failure. That means that something must have went wrong in my process. So they go back to the process and analyze that, identify it, make some tweaks, and then go out and perform the next game, the next week, the next season, and and still step up and deliver. And so I think that leads us nicely then into our next element of confidence is preparation. Um, And when we think about this element of preparation of physical, technical, tactical, and mental being really four domains of preparation, um, talk to me about how your preparation, which I have seen Brittany Bach work out. And if you want to talk about preparation, I mean, heck, even for this this interview, right? Um, Brittany's put together two full pages of notes uh, reflecting on her entire life and career. And, And we sort of laugh about that. But Brittany, that is one of the things that makes you a champion in sport and in life. So, so give us your perspective on preparation. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> funny. But, um, well, thinking about it, I'm in massage therapy school right now and talking about confidence going into this. I was out of school for seven years. Yeah. And okay. if I go into a test and I haven't studied and I haven't prepared, I'm going to go into that just feeling like I don't belong here. I feel like crap. I don't know anything. And so what we do in our how we prepare is going to set us up for our success. And so, for example, coming into the season, I always was a, a decent, you know, I would do fitness and I, and I would perform and I was, and I was good. And I never saw myself as, oh yeah, well, I'm one of the fittest. Okay. Um, but there was a shift sometime in college when I, when I was just like, I, I had gone over, um, actually I had a hip scope and I was like, oh, this just isn't. And I started really focusing on my fitness and focusing on more how I ate and my sleep and my diet. And I still could have done a lot better. And I look back at my old self and I'm like, man, if I could have just done, got more sleep and worked a little bit more on my diet. But anyways, I came in my senior season feeling unstoppable. I was the most fit I'd ever been. And then that was a great transition into the pros. My senior year, um, the pro league, was about to start back up in the U.S., the WPS. Okay. And I trained and trained and trained by myself. Um, I'd find time with, with Notre Dame girls when I'd have them come, you know, play with me. But I worked so hard. I came into my rookie season in L.A. with Marta, Shannon Box, Allie Wagner. Wow. I mean, I, I came in with these studs. Right. Camille Abilene, Ayamiyama, like the best of the best all over the world. And I was just this rookie, but I came in fit and I came in, okay, I'm going to do everything that I can so that when I step on the field, I I know that I've done everything that I can. And even if I mess up at this is being, having all those tools behind me gave me confidence. And when you play with confidence, you gain more confidence Right, right. (laughs) because like when you go into that. And so I just started noticing that 
And the more that I prepared myself, a Western New York Flash, we won the championship that year. I literally remember talking to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, I feel unstoppable. Oh, I, I was fit. I took feeling. care of my body, my coaches, my teammates. It was a, a very good supportive atmosphere um, to keep me healthy and on the field because that was always a an issue sometimes. But thinking about if I hadn't prepared myself and went through the struggles and the fight to do that, then I wouldn't. Then coming on the game, I mean, the games were almost easy in a right. sense because I had prepared that much. I love that. And and what I love about each of the things that you mentioned, too, was, again, we break apart preparation. I think the more specific we can understand preparation and being physical, technical, tactical, mental, right? Those are four specific domains that people can pin, walk away and look, am I filling up and fueling and preparing in all four of those domains. And so whether you're in athletics or you're in academics or you're in the corporate space, what are sort of the the physical ways that your body needs to be healthy? Like you said, eating, sleeping, um, physical activity and exercise, the technical aspects of your craft, whether that's accounting and finance or whether that's human relations or whether that's as a basketball player or a soccer player. And then tactical, right? Understanding how the game that you're in works and and the plays that exist to, to lead to success. And finally, that mental aspect, right? And one of those mental aspects is the next key to confidence, which is our self-talk. And mm-hmm. I think people underestimate the, the power of positive self-talk. And, and quite honestly, the most important conversation that we have every single day is the conversation that we have with ourselves. And it breaks my heart, I think, to see the large a large percentage of our population, that dialogue with self tends to be really negative or really insecure. And I tell all of my clients, and particularly the young men, you know, that I work with, like, listen, I want you to be a stud every single day in everything you do on the court or field or ice in the classroom when you're hanging out with your buddies and how you talk to yourself matters. And mm-hmm. so walk us through how you communicate with yourself in all of these different environments that you found yourself in from Notre Dame to the pros to, to massage therapy school, uh, et cetera. Well, it's amazing how much I have started to become way more aware. And there were times when I did put in negative thoughts into my head. I mean, mm-hmm. we all do it. And I just, it, it, it just shot me down and it's like, oh, I'm not good at that. Even verbalizing that or even thinking that yep. your brain, I mean, the mind is a powerful thing. Absolutely. I'm in the nervous system right now <laughs> in school. Yep. That's what we're learning about. And just, and just how we perceive things and then how we act out. And yes. so people have heard this, your thoughts, what we think determines what we believe. What we believe determines how we feel. And then the way we feel influences how we act. And these actions are what give us results. And I'm Mm. sure people have heard that before. But I have just been noticing these when I, it's it's the the power of positive thinking. There is something so true to that. People are like, ah, but. Ah, positivity. Let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Yeah. (laughs) But there is such a powerful thing in that, that. When you just say little things, your brain is thinking that. If you're like, I can't do this. And you've heard that whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Exactly. 
because you just, you just start to fill that in your head and then you start to do those actions. And so I, through school, through soccer, through my health, through all this stuff, I mean, I've had 11 surgeries. I've gone through a lot and I have gotten pretty dang down (laughs) from some of these. I always worked myself back up to play, but my, my self-talk was like, oh, my stupid knee. Oh my, like, why won't you? And, and, And I've started to run into a lot of people. They're like, no, no, no. you're healing. Absolutely. And so even these thoughts of not saying, um, actually I heard this example when you're running and it, and you say, okay, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Yeah. Wrong. All you're hearing is don't and stop and don't and stop. And that's like, ah, instead say, keep going, keep going. And it's just little things like that, where it's your mind, you're not even subconsciously, you're not even thinking about what's being said. And so this positive thinking, there are times when you just don't want, you're just, you're so, you're so down, you're such in a rut that you're just like, oh, and you just, you just, your mind goes to horrible places. Right. But I met some gal on the plane. She was a motivational speaker. And we were talking just for five minutes. She wrote out these 10 things about it, just about my life from what she heard. And some of the things she said on there was like, I remember one of them is that it's, I am the happiest I've ever been. And so she said, say these words out loud 50 times a day. And, and, and she kept going through all this. And and I'm like, but I'm not, and this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, I am not the happiest I've ever been. Like I'm struggling. And it's like, no, 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 no. You say that. And you say that almost like fake it till you make it, but you will start to believe it and it gives you energy and your energy is, it is, it's what keeps you going and keeps you just driving along. And so to me, that has become such a huge part of how I think about myself, but what I say to myself and how it make how I feel and then how I act and then what I, how I'm acting is how I can put that on to other people. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of times if I'm not if I'm not treating myself right, I'm not giving the best that I can to others. Absolutely. Good. And there's a couple things that really stood out to me about what you said there. First of all, when I became aware of the thoughts. So the first building block that we talked about was awareness. And and so that's when Bruce Bowen was talking about being, being aware of what's in our minds, aware of what our emotions are doing, aware of the situation, and how critical it is that, that we take a hold of what we're noticing. So people have about 70 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And unfortunately, for a large majority, they're not aware, and they're very negative. And so once we become aware, and we can sort of take hold and take captive those thoughts, then we get to choose, well, am I going to hold on to that thought because it's negative? Or am I going to replace that with, with a positive thing to say to myself and positivity when our brain is in a positive state, it thinks more clearly, it thinks more creatively, and it problem solves better. And, and on top of that, our brain sees in images. So again, when you're saying don't stop, like you mentioned, we're seeing like an X and a big red stop sign, right? Which is exactly <laughs> what we don't want to do. <laughs> and so replacing that with more of the affirmative, like you said, of keep going. I use this example actually a lot when I'm working with golfers and you're saying, okay, just don't hit it in the water. <laughs> and then sure enough, you get your seven iron out and you swing and bloop, 
right into the water, <laughs> right? Because again, our brain doesn't really have an image for don't, but it does of water, right? And so the last thing that's sort of in our mind then, and that's how connected our minds are to our bodies. And we can see sort of the direct impact of thoughts to performance. And and so again, just really taking those captive um, because they build, that, right? They build habits. Just like we have physical habits, we have mental habits. So would you say that today your self-talk you, you tend to resort more toward positive than negative based on how you've been conditioning your mind? Oh, absolutely. It's what's been driving me. And, and I already just this new path, this new um, change in a career, which was really hard. And I absolutely. was pretty negative coming out of that. And I held on to a lot of pain and frustration. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a lot more ahead of me. I had a great career. Mm-hmm. Um and coming into this massage school, a very healing, it's like I needed to heal within myself before I could really go on. But the positive thinking, the the, the self-talk and being aware of, oh my, saying some of these things, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not even going to say that out loud. I'm not, I'm not even going to verbalize it. Um, definitely have slip ups, but it's it's really made a huge difference. Awesome. Awesome. And then that that sort of self-talk, right? That leads us then to the next element of body language. You're a female. You're an athlete. You have a strong sense of presence. Tell us how body language affects your confidence and how you've noticed that um, in the different domains that, that you are in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can just see it on the faces when people lose versus when they win. And mm-hmm. when they win, they're, they're up, they're happy, they're smiling, they're, 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 their body is opened up. When we lose, our heads go down, we slunch, we, do all, we, we hunch over, we do all this. And um, just obviously in a state of emotion like that, that is natural. Right. And you don't right. want to be like, oh, we just lost. Yay, yeah, I'm no gonna, big deal. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> right. you, you go through that and then and you take the time to, to feel through that pain, Good learn from the mistakes, and then mm. you move on. And when I am confident, I'm, I mean, I'm a very strong female. Yeah. I, I love competing. Strength is like my strength of my <laughs> right. game. And so when I went through a big shift and with these injuries and was just in a bad, I I started to realize like, I don't walk as confidently as I did. Mm -hmm. I kind of like want to hide. I'm not in the shape that I was. I went through a pretty bad physical, mental, emotional battle that started to just like really, and (laughs) bringing it back to massage school because this is where I'm at. And I just keep hearing these things, but your body has these pathways of emotions. Mm -hmm. And so when you, and when we can be aware of what's going on, we can then change. I don't know. There's there's a TED talk we actually just watched, and I wish I remember the name of it. Is but, it is it um, Amy Cuddy's? Oh, I cannot remember. Talks, what was it? So so in this TED talk, whether this is the one you're uh, talking about or not, um, I encourage our listeners to to look this up because it's powerful. But it's Amy Cuddy, C U T T Y, and she talks about just the power of our body language and how when we're in that open space, our testosterone levels actually go up and our cortisol levels actually go down. So women, even us, have testosterone, and and that's our power hormone, and cortisol is our stress hormone. So when we're in that sort of power pose position, head up, chin up, shoulders back, et cetera, our power's going up and our our stress is going down. But like you said, I mean, our natural reaction to, to fear or defeat or intimidation is to close off. And the moment we do that, 
our testosterone starts to go down and our cortisol starts to go up. So power down, stress up. So I don't know if that was the one you were referencing. I um, don't think, but I love that. And there's another one that brings me to, there's another TED talk on stress, which yes. viewing stress differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was awesome. But in that, okay, so if, if I lose and I'm down and I kind of, I slump over, I frown, I'm like this, your body then takes that and it's like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be feeling bad. I'm supposed to be feeling, because this is where our pathway, this is where we go to. Gotcha. And yes. so there's this one thing that I, I had heard. I don't even remember when it was, but we were at the table and probably with a soccer team. And, <laughs> and it was like, okay, everybody just smile right now for five minutes. Just smile, no matter what state you were in. And you just smile and some, you could just be in just the worst mood or whatever. And you like force a smile. Not that that's always the, you, like, you don't want to be like, someone's really pissed off and say smile. <laughs> right. But right. you see that emotion, you start to smile. It brings back, it triggers things in your mind of these mm -hmm. happy memories, these, these things that are, um, and then your body, your body, your energy, your, all the levels that you were talking about in cortisol and like, it just starts to change Shift, yep. and, it, and it shifts. And so not that that's something where you lose or you go through a failure or you have a very hard moment in your life that all of a sudden you're going to start smiling. You're going to start doing that, but being aware mm -hmm. of what's going on and saying, you know what, this, this, I don't like this feeling. I need to go through it for a little bit of time, but then to bring yourself out of that Absolutely. and and, and faster and just more it, the body language. I've just seen that too, just slumping over and feeling like, Ugh. so no, give me confidence. And the way we walk, I mean, when Absolutely. I walk around just having that and, the, and then that confidence and I, by me having that kind of confidence, it, it seeps out into other people yeah. and you just, you, when you rub that off on people, then it builds other people up. And when you build other people up, it brings it back to you. And Absolutely. so everything is all related in that. I love that. I love that. And then, and I think that leads very nicely into our final point, right, of your support system and knowing really who's on your team. How, how have the people that have been a part of your life contributed to your confidence? And, and if you would, Brittany, I, I think some people are out there thinking, well, that's nice, but I don't have anybody around me right now or in my circle right now. Maybe I'm isolated. Maybe I just retired and I feel isolated, right? Or or maybe I'm a student at college and I'm away from my family for the first time and, and I feel isolated. So then what about the social circle? And, and talk to us on both sides of how that affects confidence and ways to maybe think about those productively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is crucial. I think that having a great support system has, I mean, my family for one has been Your an family amazing, is amazing, by the way. My family. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Um, but they have just been through me every step of the way. In yeah. my lowest, they have tried to build me up, yeah. sometimes pretty hard, um, and but have always been there for me. I've had amazing coaches and teammates, and I've went through a lot of injuries. And so they were there for me and, and bringing positivity back into my life when I just felt like I had nothing and I was drained. But there comes a point too, we look for all this, we, we look for reassurance, we look for positivity, we're, 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 we're like sucking it, we're looking at it from other people when sometimes mm. 
it just needs to come from within. And wow. it is not easy, but I have found there were times when I was just like, nothing I could get from anybody else as positive yeah. <laughs> as they were being and as encouraging as they were being. I wanted to be like, I wanted to explode because I was like, you don't understand. Right. And I had, it had to come within. And when, if, if you're not in an environment where there's just positive, encouraging people, and there's going to be times like you're on teams or you have a boss or you're, mm-hmm. you're with people that are just like, just putting you down. <laughs> right. How can you then give back to people and make their day a little bit brighter? So I think about this is if I'm struggling or if I'm struggling with a test or in soccer or something, well, let me build up, let me build up my teammate. Let me mm. tell them something good they're doing. Let me tell a coworker, it's awesome that you're doing this. That changes them. That gives them a little confidence. They're built up. If there's, if you're in a group of just a bunch of, it's just, ah, <laughs> right. well, if you start building other people up, giving them a little bit of life, Okay, then they're going to get a little bit more and they're going to start giving life. And you create this community of people that is encouraging and is building up and competitive at the same time. You, you, you challenge each other. You make each other better. That's why in practices, I don't like, I practice just as hard as I play. That is and a fact. So, <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm in a practice and we're just kind of, we're just going, given 70% because we can. Right. If we're just we're just doing this. We're just going through the motions. I have always been. I am going to give a hundred percent. Doesn't mean that a hundred percent. Well, sometimes I'm mostly a hundred percent physical, which probably led to a couple injuries. But because um, <laughs> I don't know how to slow down. But when you give a hundred percent, that's mentally, physically. You know, when when you're in a practice, it's like okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to I'm going to be sharp. I'm going to be paying attention. I'm not going to be talking while my coach is doing drills. I'm going to be 100% in this because I want to set a good example and I want my teammates then to be in it. And so when you start to build them up, it creates this competitive, encouraging environment that just makes it more fun. So if you're struggling in yourself, the best way, like leadership, thinking about leadership, the strongest people are not the ones putting other people down so they rise to the top. The strongest (laughs) people are the ones at the bottom picking everybody up. Preach. (laughs) And so that, and I, and I, I really believe that because there are times and there's, you have to be right in yourself. You can't just give, 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 give and drain yourself, but focusing on the awareness of where you're at, building other people up, and then receiving, being able to receive what people are trying to help you with and not trying to do it on your own. I love that. Um, that's really powerful. Brittany, and I know that um, I know there's been seasons of your life, right? You said 11 surgeries. That's incredible. And I know that, you know, when our paths have intersected over the years, I, we've, they've intersected in seasons where you've been really, really down, um, that you're coming back from another injury. And you know, not that not that you were depressed necessarily, but but a little bit, right? And just yeah. sort of trying, <laughs> sort of trying to, and that's okay, right? I mean, like our our brain, interestingly, experiences physical pain and emotional pain in the exact same way. So you're physically injured, so your brain is registering that in in your anterior cingulate cortex as pain, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, you're in this state of isolation or separation from a team, and just emotionally frustrated, and your brain is registering that pain in your ACC exactly 
exactly the same way. And so in those moments of overload, right, even when, let's say, your, your, your support circle is doing as much as they can to, to encourage you, where did you draw that sense of inner strength from in, in those seasons of life? Yeah, well, I mean, it is, it has been quite a shift. Um, obviously, I look back and people try to encourage me, look at all that you've done. Look, <laughs> look at what you've accomplished. Look at and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, and I really sit back and look and I'm like, man, I am, I am just so blessed. I've, I've mm-hmm. had a great career. And but it, 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 it was it wasn't like my identity. My identity was so far into the athlete I was, my performance on the yeah. field, this, 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 I was a soccer player. People knew me and they're like, oh, how's soccer? They knew me as soccer. I was just like soccer, soccer, soccer. Right. And right. my athleticism. And there came a point when I was playing my last couple of years. I mean, it was back to back to back to back injuries that I literally just looked up and I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> yeah. And I trained so hard. And then my physical, what I what I saw myself as, my identity, when I was playing, I was almost just saying this. I was just like embarrassed of the player that I was, and people watching me play. I'm like, this isn't me. This is like seventy percent right. <laughs> of me, and it was very, it was extremely humbling, yeah. and I just couldn't get out of that. And and I just had to. And this is where my faith has always been important to me. But in the past couple years is where I just completely had to surrender because my identity I was putting it in things that weren't you know we're gonna get older we're gonna we're not, we're not gonna be as fit as we were we're <laughs> right. gonna you know eventually go out and and I started to look at you know no matter how I'm performing or what I'm doing my identity is not in that and for me the thing that truly at the end of the day gives me confidence and makes me feel like I'm worth something and that just keeps building me up is my faith. And and I've had a lot of friends and mentors that have encouraged me in that. And it has just, it is what's gotten me through. And I look at some of the things, you look at the word confidence. Mm. It's a trust. I have confidence in you. You have trust in you. Oh, confidence is the truth, right? It's, I looked up the word and it's like, there's there's truth. Confidence wow. is truth. It's a self-assurance of your identity. I, you know, I'm confident in this. And I build my own confidence through, you know, my self-abilities. And I started looking at all that of what the word confidence was. And when you place it in something, and this is where I see it, place it in something of a worldly thing or a physical thing or something like that, eventually, or not even eventually, you're going to fail. You're going to mess up. You're <laughs> yeah. going to you're gonna be defeated and all that. And my confidence is in Christ. And mm-hmm. that, knowing where my identity is in that, has changed everything everything. Wow. And it's been a it's been a very humbling experience and it's never easy but the more that I put my confidence in Christ and who I am and my identity that is it, it one of my favorite uh scriptures I would read before games and sometimes I'd read scripture and I'm and I'm like I don't even like know why really <laughs> and but mine was Romans 5:3 not only so we rejoice in our sufferings mm. because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Mm. And there's more to that scripture, but I, that the powerful. hope that, I mean, it's just like through all of the setbacks and all the injuries and, and through the confidence that I had built up to that, then I was just crushed is like, no, 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 no. 
I have built up this, uh, my, my character, it's, it's mm-hmm. who, it made me who I am. Yes. And that character of how I'm treating people, how I'm performing is, it's not based on, oh, your performance, you suck, like, or you had a bad test, you're bad. It's like, no, I, that's, that's in the physical sense or in the worldly sense is okay, that, but to know <laughs> and confidence that I'm not that I'm beyond that. And then to help build other people's up gives me more confidence because to see how many other people are going through what I'm going through in a different way, worse or whatever. And to know like they need to be built up and it starts from within us to share that with others. And that's how it all builds. That's, that's incredible and very, very powerful. And, and I think that one of the things, even in that scripture you shared, when we look at this um, from a mindset, right, a mindset is a patterned way of thinking about something. And I think a predominant mindset on suffering in our world, and that I'm particularly seeing um, with athletes or with the corporate professionals that I work with of, oh, no, we're in a bad season of business, like this isn't good, right? But but how can we shift our mindset on suffering to see it as something that's really bad, to seeing it as something that can build within us a sense of perseverance, a deeper sense of character or identity in who we are as individuals, who we are as a team, who we are as an organization, and ultimately use that deeper understanding of, of identity and this newfound awareness that, wow, we can persevere to drive hope, right? And mm-hmm. and hope, I mean, we can look at that from a scriptural perspective, or we can look at it from a positive psychology standpoint, where we've shown that that people that have hope and, and in anything really helps stimulate a greater sense of engagement, a, a greater mental and physical well-being. And so, you know, all of these things, like you said earlier, are very connected, one thing that, that I want to ask you, Brittany, is as a woman, I want us to think about confidence as women. And so one of the things that I love and admire and respect about you is that you are you are confident and yet you have this awesome sense of humility about you. And, and you are strong. Like you should see this girl in the weight room, right? <laughs> Back in the day. But even just emotionally, you're strong and yet gentle. And, and you have this intensity about you and yet this awesome sweetness. And so it's these, the, you really carry this complexity about you that is a woman in a sense of confidence, I think is powerful. And so how, how have you done that and perceived yourself as a confident woman and a strong woman and an intense woman and yet a humble woman, a gentle woman, a, a sweet woman? Well, I mean, it goes back to my faith, but there are definitely times when I really struggled with it. Um, with the last couple of years too, my body image yeah and it just the the negative the the almost the depression state the all that really brought me into this really like oh like this is I'm, I'm supposed and I and I was putting that on and how should people see me I'm like wondering how are people looking at me and right. I'm not this athlete that I was and I and I and I, I really struggled with that um and but I I keep bringing me myself back to this is not this is not who I am this is not what defines me yes and whether it was through um, through the physical sense or the emotional sense or the mental sense like I am a very emotional person mm-hmm. I'm very I, I am vulnerable 
But I think there's something about being vulnerable and being okay to show your weaknesses because those weaknesses is where you gain strength. And I say that because it's it's letting go and surrendering to the fact like, I, I mean, what our society says is, I mean, it just fills our head of, you have to be this, you need to be this, you need to be pretty, you need to do this, you need to do this. And it's exhausting and it's draining. And right. so many people just lose their sense of, of self-worth because they're trying to put it into something that's not, it, it, it's just not real. Right. And right. so, so as a female, it's who I am inside and the beauty of, of who I am as a person is it starts from who I am within. And then that like radiates out to people. Um, like people become more when people, if people are down and it's like, I don't want to be around that. Right. (laughs) But when, when, if someone is, is happy and pleasing and kind and humble, I mean, one uh, humility, I think is a, is a huge thing. I've just, asked to continue to be humbled because it's the people who, I don't know, for me, being humble is something where it's being thankful for the abilities and the talents that I've been given, Right. but to then go out and bless others with that. And so being humble in that, if I just boast around about how great I, you know, people are given different talents and there's nothing, there's not one better than the other. And we're all giving special gifts and spiritual gifts. And, and so for me as a female is going confidently in the gifts that I Mm, have been given and, and sharing that with others, encouraging others in their gifts so that they can shine. And so you can get caught up very selfishly and like, oh, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this. And it's like, whoa, 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 you weren't meant to be that and that and that. You have this. That's awesome. And so taking the gifts that I've been giving, it just gives me confidence. It gives me this like proud of, of not even proud, but just thankful and blessed mm-hmm. for what I've become thankful in my, like thankful for my sufferings because it built my character. And I'm still constantly trying to see, you know, just how can I, how can I help other people, but not just giving all of me, but just given from the gifts that I've been given. I know that was kind of a long way of saying all that, but no, that's awesome. Um, thank you so much for sharing. I know that's going to be really powerful and influential. Um, not not only for me, I thought that that was wonderful. One of the things that stood out to me, what you said is go confidently into your strengths. And mm-hmm. whether you're a man or a woman or a student or an athlete or a coach out there, uh, go confidently in your strengths and living into who you are, right? And, and what matches what you're doing. The final question we're going to sign off with here, Britt, is what the, again, title of the podcast, Building Championship Mindsets. So what is your mindset or your patterned way of thinking on confidence? In a short summary, what's your mindset on confidence? Yeah, I mean, confidence is everything. When you, when I go out and I'm not feeling so great about myself, I I tend to hold back on a lot of things because I'm like, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing this. But when I prepare myself, when I do everything that I can to set myself up for success, and success is seen in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. but when I can do that, have an, a, a positive 
mindset on what I do when I can encourage others. Encouraging others, building others up is what gives me confidence because it, it it's taking all of this this self or all of the attention off of myself and allowing me to give to others with the strengths that I have. So confidence is what really helped me succeed in sports. It's what's helped me in my professional life outside of soccer and with relationships and just being confident in who I am. Um, Absolutely. Not in the world, but in, in <laughs> for me in Christ. Um, I love because that. Because, yeah. And at the end of the day, confidence is a choice. And and when you've, you know, analyzed your past performances and learned from them and are you're fully prepared and you're managing your self-talk and you're managing your body language and you understand how your support system works, then that choice of confidence is much easier to make. And so, Brittany, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time, your wisdom, your insights. And as Brittany would say to all of our listeners, go confidently into your strengths. Thanks again, Brittany. Yeah. Thanks, Amber. Bye. Bye. Well, wow, Brittany Bach, what a great conversation that was with her. You know, there are, we have both been so busy over the past several years, and to be able to really just sit down and talk about a specific topic like building block number three, confidence, and what that means and looks like throughout the course of her life, this has been an awesome opportunity to do just that. And I am just still a little bit dumbfounded about how powerful her her stories have been um, and her trials and tribulations and yet her perseverance. And so that leads us nicely into our championship mindset training for building block three confidence of power statements. And I know that I spoke about those earlier um, when when we were talking about the five keys to confidence being self-talk. And so your championship mindset training is to write down three power statements that you are going to commit to reading every morning when you wake up and every night when you go to bed. Um, and I, you know, this is funny because before I got into sports psychology and I would, I would hear people talk about, you know, what are you saying to yourself and self-affirmations and all this nice stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's sort of frou-frou, right? And, and it is if it's frou-frou, but if it is grounded in truth, now all of a sudden that starts to, again, change the form and function of our brain. And if we want others to see us as competent and respectable individuals, then that has to start with us. From the inside out, we have to be saying those, those things to ourselves before we can ever expect others to be saying that of us. And, and really, when we start to say and know and believe that of ourselves, it doesn't really matter what others think and say if it is truly aligned with who we are as individuals. And so these power statements are not about making up things that that you aren't right now, right? Or or that you aren't as, a, as an individual in terms of I am a millionaire, right? If I were to say that right now, I am I am not a millionaire. So that would be a lie. And the thing about our brains is, it knows when we're lying to itself. And for the most part, right? And so we have to be, these have to be grounded in truth for them to be really, really powerful, right? Now, is a goal, could a goal of mine be a millionaire? Yeah. And what facilitates that? Well, hard hard work and dedication to the small things, right? So, you know, one of the power statements even that I say frequently is just do the small things right and the big things are going to take care of themselves, 
right? And daily disciplines of excellence lead to sustainable results of excellence. Even those are power statements, right? Because if I just think excellence is going to happen or a million dollars is going to happen, then, then that's false. And that's not how um, how it actually works. But if I, I talk about and build up and affirm truth in my life and in, in how things work in this world, then all of a sudden I'm going to start to develop the right self-talk, the right uh, mindsets and brain patterns that are going to facilitate optimal performance in any domain. So, you know, mine earlier example was I am strong, powerful, equal threat, right? That that became um, a mindset that I have in, in who I am and what I do in this world. Um, when I boxed at Notre Dame, right, my fight name was Bulletproof Tiger, right? And every time I'd step into the ring, I'd say, I feel like a bulletproof tiger. And what does that tell me? Okay, hit me. It doesn't hurt. I'm bulletproof, right? And tiger, when I come at you offensively, I'm going to come at you like a tiger. And so that facilitated performance in that domain. What is going to facilitate your performance in the various domains that, that you're in, right? And so maybe that is, maybe that's in communication, right? And maybe you're not a phenomenal orator, Right. But what about your communication is very unique to you that's that's very powerful. And maybe it's I speak truth to my people. And 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 maybe, you know, that then is going to impact your confidence when you stand before your people. And regardless if you have some great speech written or not, if if you communicate truth um, and honesty, honestly to your community employees and to your people, they're going to feel that and resonate with that. You know, for some of my from some of my hockey guys, right? There's is I'm the fastest guy on the ice. And so when they go to a tryout or they get transferred to a new team, they fall back on what they know are their strengths. I'm the fastest guy on the ice, right? Instead of worrying about all the other things that are going on around them, all the things that they can't control, this narrows their attention and their focus and their self-talk onto the things that they know they can do, that they know who they are and what they bring to this team, to this role, et cetera. And so really take some time to sit down and think about what are your three power statements going to be? Write those out, put them in front of you and start to memorize them. Because the reality of it is when adversity strikes, we are going to resort to whatever habits we've created in our lives. And just like we have physical habits, we have mental habits. And so we need to build the self-talk habits that are going to help us in times of struggle. And so when adversity strikes, our default becomes, I am strong, powerful, equal threat. I am the fastest guy out here. I communicate fairly and honestly to my people. And so despite maybe the the temptation to massage details, if you will, to communicate to your people, no, that that's not who you are. You're going to communicate fairly and honestly to your people because that is that is the habit that you've built in your mind on who you are and how you function. So again, championship mindset training for for this episode is to write down your three power statements and, and just reflect on a lot of Brittany's life experiences and and how she's overcome and continued to persevere, and and then those five keys to confidence of past performances, preparation, self-talk, body language, and, and really leveraging your support system and really investing in all five of those different areas so that despite the highs and lows that life is going to invariably throw at us, that we can remain confident, that we can remain you know, in control of self um, in different situations so that we can show up and, and be our best selves and be great you know, wherever it is that, that we may find ourselves. 
Um, I just want to implore to each of you all to, to step out there too, to iTunes and rate and review us. Um, we'd really appreciate your feedback and, and your comments. And then take some time to go over to the website on www.latnerperformancegroup.com. You can find the podcast there, some other blog posts, and then some direct communication lines to me. And, and also feel free to follow us on Twitter at Champ Mindsets. That's Mindsets with an S. And we can inter, intersect and dialogue on social media as well. So thanks again for your time. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Latner. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.